Hello again. Welcome to the Homestead Connection. This is Brenna and I am sitting here with Kylie and we were just going over self-sufficiency and how broad of a topic it is and having a little bit of trouble figuring out how to cut such a deep and important topic of self-sufficiency down into, you know, just um, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, even an hour, hour and a half. We could talk about this subject for hours. And that's kind of painful to listen to, I think, for for many people. So we decided, uh, and Kylie, I don't know if you want to chime in here or not, but we decided (laughs) to do a series. Yeah, I just think that it sounds like such a good idea to talk about self-sufficiency. Like speaking for the majority, people who are on some sort of a homesteading journey or wanting to become more self-sufficient are constantly looking for new levels or ways to maximize the ways that we can be a little bit more independent or a little bit more self-sustainable. And it's just way too broad of a topic to really tackle in one podcast episode. And I love the fact that so many of our podcast episodes can be a little bit more lighter or broader of topics, but when it comes to adding layers of self-sufficiency to our lifestyles, I think it'd be so nice just to talk about things a little bit more specifically and a little bit more in depth and kind of flesh stuff out. And that's that's how I want to talk about it. I want to talk about things in a little bit more depth and flesh things out and look at things a little bit deeper. And I feel Mm -hmm. like if I were listening to these podcast episodes, you know, just as a listener, that's what I would want. But to be able to look at things a little bit more deeper and a little bit more specific, I think it'll be great to have a podcast series to dive into that. I completely agree. I mean, it's one thing to get some inspiration out of like an hour long conversation or, you know, I think about reels on Instagram and, oh, that looks cool and that looks nice. But if I were to drop something like communication, what people would be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. How (laughs) can I become more independent from a communication perspective, you know, and, you know, to, to say something just like ham radio, it doesn't give the topic justice. It doesn't do the topic justice. And I don't feel like it gives, like, if I were listening to that, it would just be, um, it would be intimidating, you know? So, you know, spending a good 30 minutes, 45 minutes on communication and how to become more independent from a communication standpoint. Um, I, I think that that deserves, like you said, that deserves, you know, a whole 45 minutes or so. And maybe we can get some resources together and, and point people in the direction. So it doesn't seem like such a mountain, Actually, you know, and self-sufficiency. Ooh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, just going off of what you're saying specifically about communication. I know. Okay. Satellite radio, ham radio, long distance walkie talkies. I know those things are options, but I don't know how to start with those things. Where do I start? How do I start? What's the best place to start with, with communication when it comes to self-sufficiency? And I've been researching those things, but I think a lot of people, my speaking for myself, when I first started thinking about communication, I felt very crippled. Where do I start? What's the wise decision? Mm -hmm. What do I want to get? What are the goals for communicating for my family? What tools do I need? And so I've started on this process of researching some of those things. And if we had a spot or a podcast episode and a compilation of resources that we could provide to people to make it easier and less intimidating for them, I just think would be amazing. I think both of our goal is to first talk about being more self-sufficient and help empower people to know how to start when they want to be a little bit more independent. 
completely agree. I, you know, I just, you know, going to the communication topic, people can be like, oh, that sounds kind of preppery and I'm not a prepper and I don't feel the need to prep. But communication, being more independent and living a more independent or self-sufficient life, is there's many different topics that that encompasses. And we tend to go straight to food, but even with food, you know, how would you cook your food? Are you independent from a cooking perspective? Are you independent from a communication perspective? And it doesn't have to be something only for when, you know, something catastrophic happens. It can be even apocalyptic yeah, times. Exactly. <laughs> it could just be fun to do with your family. A lot of people get into it with their kids and it becomes a way for them to understand radio waves and communication from a, a scientific perspective with their children and it's a growth opportunity for their kids. Right now is such a nice time for a lot of us, for me personally, my focus and my energy is shifting back more towards inside of my home. So, um, you know, things like cooking, fiber arts, but then also really wanting to add and evaluate the levels that I have of preparedness around my home in my kitchen, short-term storage, long-term storage, water prep, um, communication prep. Uh, first aid prep, all of these different things. And right now with the change of seasons, it's so timely for me as I'm shifting my focus. And so I hope that this whole series that we want to do will be timely for a lot of people as they're also shifting their focus. Absolutely agree. I When it starts to get colder, um, I tend to want to do more inside things, bed, bread baking, working on my knitting. But then I also take mm -hmm. it as a time to say, okay, what did I do well? What am I interested in now that I wasn't interested in at the beginning of the year? Where has my growth been and where do I want it to be? And it's a great time to sit down and educate yourself on things, read books, you know, listen to podcasts, research online. I'm excited. I, there's a lot of things that I'm comfortable with and there's a lot of things that I'm not. And so I, I think it'll be great to kind of grow with the group as well. For those and, of you guys who don't know, Brenna really likes I hate the term prepping comes with such stigma. I hate the term. I'm prepping. a prepper. I, I don't I know, care. <laughs> but I just feel like the term prepping is so like stigmatic where people have this very specific idea of people who are so intent on the worst case scenario, post-apocalyptic world, you know, catastrophic events where <laughs> prepping really just can mean like having your home in a prepared and organized fashion for a natural disaster, or if you're sick and can't get groceries for a while or whatever, just having these different layers within your home that you can reach for. But Brenna loves prepping and she really likes looking at things from the angle of like long-term self-sufficiency, long-term preparation. So she really, has a lot to bring to the discussion and education when it comes to levels of preparedness and levels of self-sufficiency. And so I'm really excited to let Brenna shine in the way that she shares <laughs> things. And for me to learn as I'm preparing my home more this fall and winter, she's just going to be such a good resource. Well, let me grab my tinfoil crown that I made the other day and I'm now putting it on my head for those of you who cannot <laughs> see. I think that prepping was attacked early on in as the internet was building out because the the media grabbed it and they started to do reality yes. shows and they started to show these people with go bags and post apocalyptic prepping and ammo storage which we might get into that as well and you know all of these different yeah. things that you do 
And I think Mm -hmm. that they really put a negative connotation on preppers. Um, But what prepping is to me is I grew up with a ranch. I grew up in the wilderness. And so we were had to be prepared as children to understand how to take care of ourselves if we got lost or if our parents got sick. My grandfather was bit by a rattlesnake and my dad had to carry him out at 11 years old, you know, out of out of acre, I mean, miles and miles of acreage to get him to help. So how do you do that? Why do you, that's preparedness. Um, and then living in Florida, you know, you have hurricanes and all different kinds of reasons that you're not going to have access to food or water. <clears throat> and so preparing just was a part of my life. And I never thought of it as like a post-apocalyptic thing. But, you know, since you're doing that anyway, radioactive tabs might be kind of fun. Who knows? They're not expensive. You know, water purification tabs, not expensive. Um, and so it just kind of builds on itself. But self-sustainability and that ongoing curiosity, I think, is really where it starts, is empowering yourself to understand that you can you can operate self-sufficiently and then expanding a little bit more out into your community sufficiency and those people that are around you. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is, it's a top, there's, I have gaps and there are, it's a topic that I love to talk about and that I love to continue to learn about. Um, so sure. No, absolutely. I think most people, whether they're homesteaders or not, like the idea of breaking free a little breaking free of the system a little bit, or becoming a little bit more self-sufficient, maybe relying on the grocery store a little bit less, or this idea of, you know, the powers that be, like being a little bit more dependent from all of that stuff. And now I'm looking at wanting to be more prepared and build our food storage or build our water storage from a financial perspective, because things are just going, things have become more so expensive and are so expensive. But then it's my opinion that the way the economy is right now, things are just going to continue to get more expensive. I think that that's a lot of my motivation right now with like wanting to preserve, wanting to be more self-sufficient, be more prepared to try to cut costs where I can or mitigate long-term expenses. And I think that that's like really good. And I think a lot of people are probably in a similar situation. Absolutely. Buying in bulk right now um, while the prices are lower than what they're going to be in the next, you know, I don't know, three to six months, I don't, I don't think is a bad idea. I, I find, and I mean, COVID you know, is scary, right? Many people have been injured in different ways and it's just been, it was a tough three years, but I think one of the unintended benefits of it is it has, it has gotten many different social strata and communities and, you know, across the United States and probably even the world to start to think a little bit more about what do they have in their home and how can they, you know, how can they best keep themselves safe in these like uncertain times? And a lot of people are, you know, here's another like, you know, loaded word, woken up. They've they've awakened to what is going on and what they can do. And I, I really am looking forward to the series kind of building on that and giving people more inspiration and more empowerment to, you know, go forward and do more stuff that will prepare their families. And I just want to say out loud, I'm not on a homestead. I'm on I'm on a third of an acre. I'm on a third of an acre. Uh, I live in a subdivision. I live in, you know, United States suburbia, and I'm dealing with a lot of. I'm on city water. I'm on city electric. I'm on city, you know, uh, sewer and everything. You know, being in suburbia gives you some some strengths, right? Everything is very convenient, but there's weaknesses too. And so, you know, from a um, from a heating and cooling perspective, you know, uh, at least in the area that I'm in, they made us 
a long time ago in the 90s before I ever bought the house, they would not sell a house unless it was converted over to gas yeah. in the fireplace. And so you're literally just lighting money on fire. And when gas was really inexpensive, I don't think people in the 90s really cared. It was okay. But now with gas being three, four, five hundred percent more expensive than it was um, and it being predominantly the way a lot of our furnaces are are working now, you really are missing those, those fireplaces that burned wood. And so one of one of the things now and, and it's something to check into, you know, not getting too deep into it, but a lot of uh, counties and cities and whatnot will uh, will actually give you a tax break if you convert your gas fireplace to wood burning using one of the ones that has like this catalytic converter and i don't even know if that's the right term fully but it's some sort of converter that will reburn the smoke and it, it actually puts out very little um pollution into the atmosphere so then you can start to stock wood up and you know it's those kinds of things of how can we become less dependent on the grid um, and not in that sensational prepper kind of way but just a hey i don't want a 800 gas bill in December. Thank you. <laughs> it's financially practical. It's environmentally mm-hmm. practical. It's economically practical. And yeah. I think that there's a lot of things. And then it also adds that layer of being a little bit more self-sufficient where you can heat your home, you know, with wood whenever you want to, you're not dependent on electric or gas. You know? So depending on sources that are given to you by someone else. The nice part about talking about each of these different topics in a different podcast episode is that it gives our listeners and us the opportunity to kind of pick and choose what we really want to spend time listening to. Someone might not be interested in water storage or might already know a lot about water purification and water storage and not want to spend time listening to something like that. But they might might want to listen to something about, you know, you know, gas versus electric or communication or more food storage, layers of food storage, things along those lines. So I like the idea of breaking down the podcast episodes and doing a series for that reason. Is there a topic you're most excited to talk about? Oof, most exciting? I don't know. I, I I get excited about them all. That's just kind of my personality. I think I think communication is the one that I have the biggest gap in, so I'm excited to get the excuse to dive deeper into that. I'm also excited um, because I you know I have two kids and I'm always trying to find hobbies for them to get into, and I think it might be something that would speak to my children. So uh, even just from a a community perspective i'm kind of excited to talk a bit about communication um another one that i feel is is somewhat scary and and kind of a big gap is um is fuel and energy you know so can you store gas how do you store gas are you comfortable storing gas should you store gas (laughs) um you know as well as propane and all of those different things i'm hoping to do a little bit of research with um those as well as far as like what do other cultures do what do other communities do because there's a lot of things that we can learn from other countries that have been dealing with these issues maybe differently or for a longer period of time than maybe some of um you know some of the american culture yeah absolutely no i'm looking forward to that too specifically water i also really Mm -hmm. like talking about food storage but i think that that's what people talk about most commonly it's layers of self-sufficiency so food storage garden canning and preserving having like you know livestock that are convenient for day-to-day life but then also can provide a little bit of long-term long-term you know food security and comfort so those are the kinds of things i like talking about and listening to and i know we talk about some of that stuff already so 
I want to talk about some of the things we haven't talked about before or maybe aren't more commonly talked about. And food, or, um, water would be kind of the big one for me. And then also kind of understanding different types of filtration or purification. I love the idea of rainwater collection and just using that from an everyday perspective, feeding our livestock, watering the garden. And just making it more practical for our day-to-day life, but then also knowing that that's a resource that we have to fall back on in the long term, too. Right. And what do you do when it's cold? I mean, my basement freezes, you know what I mean? So if my water storage freezes, what do you do? Mm, Yeah, good point. Yeah, so one of the things that I find interesting is that oftentimes people will spend a lot of time you know, stockpiling their food, understanding how much food they have, how, you know, how they're, you know, how much food every person in the household needs to eat, how long the food lasts. But what people oftentimes forget about is how are you going to cook that food? If you have, you know, your gas, your gas is either too expensive for you to run or it's not available or your electricity is out or you're on the move or, you know, you're having to relocate because you're being evacuated, you know, you might have all of this great, stuff but then what do you do with it (laughs) you know do you have a can opener are you traveling with your can opener do you have a way of cooking things and if you do have you ever cooked that way before cooking on an open fire is very different than cooking in your oven it's a lot of fun to do but have you actually done it and so I think a lot of people don't you know, they don't, they don't really think about that. And then, you know, something happens and, and you have to dive into those resources and then you're like, Oh, I don't know how to use my camp stove at all. (laughs) Or we stockpile these foods that we don't eat every day, which there's no harm in stockpiling foods that, you know, are shelf stable for a long time, but also understanding how to prepare those foods and what to have on hand and make that food delicious and edible, something your whole family's (laughs) going to want to eat, you know, instead of just having 50 pounds of lentils and 25 pounds of pinto beans, how do you prepare that? And making sure, just like you said, you have the resources. Yeah. (laughs) Spam. (laughs) Oh no. I have so much spam. (laughs) I don't even, I mean, I like spam. I like spam in eggs, like little pieces of spam. It's not terrible. It's very salty. You know what I mean? But I've got Mm -hmm. enough spam spam to feed an army. And it's because I didn't know how to (laughs) prep meat. I didn't know what to do with meat yet. (laughs) Yes. Oh, man. (laughs) One of the things that you said a little bit ago that I thought was very interesting is you were talking about you know, livestock and when do you have livestock um, or what kind of livestock can you have or how is livestock going to make you more self-sustainable? And one of the things, just just so our listeners know, I uh, we are talking about moving back to Florida and buying property out in Florida. But if for some reason we can't do that and we're living in Colorado, we categorically it says it in black and white. Actually, it has goats with a little X next to it. In my area, I am not allowed to have goats, but I really want dairy goats because there's so many things that you can do with raw milk, and it's so good for you. Um, and I just don't know that I'll ever be able to go back mm-hmm. to store-bought milk after. Yeah, store-bought. it just it tastes different. It tastes like a chemical now, and it's very interesting to me how um, how repulsive. <laughs> It is. And so I really want goats, but I'm not allowed to have them here. And somebody said, actually, I had two people ask me um, at, at different times, when would I no longer care? When would I no longer care if I if I had goats and got in trouble or not? And I thought it was such an interesting question. Where does our family draw the limits? 
what is right for our family. And that concept is brewing in the back of a lot of, a lot of people's minds is when do the decisions that feel best for our family trump different like systems that are in place. And there's a term for that. I don't know if it's becoming, I think a little bit more common, but the term is civil disobedience. And that's something that I've talked about with some friends of mine very recently. It's kind of been an ongoing conversation between these friends of ours and our family and their family is intentionally teaching their children in an appropriate fashion, the concept of civil disobedience and what that looks like. And I think a lot of times we say, whether it's for religious beliefs or personal beliefs or worldview, oh, that's that's not what our family does, or this is what's right for our family, and that's that is what's right for someone else's family when it comes to, yeah, church stuff, religious stuff, worldview stuff, whatever, personal decisions. And that's something that I really want to talk about in more length at some point in time. And I think it's really important to talk through, but all great changes, all most great things in history have stemmed from people civilly disobeying, civil disobedience, deciding that what systems were in place were not symptoms, systems they were comfortable adhering to and following. And, you know, I work in corporate America and many, many people do not feel the way that I do. Many people feel differently. You know, they have HOAs and they abide by them <laughs> and they're never like really trying to push the bar, but you're right. There's they're rule followers. They're rule followers. And there's nothing wrong with following rules when the rules support the community and the civilization that you think is valuable and then also that supports your family and your family's values and it's a very fine and very careful line that we have to walk you are capable of free thought you are capable of looking at what you need and deciding how to do it as long as it doesn't hurt somebody else you know Me you know the whole idea this whole conversation i feel like naturally rises from the topic of becoming more self-sufficient and becoming more self-sustainable for the exact reason you said with your goats. So, you know, doing the, doing this podcast series on ways to become more self-sufficient, ways to become more self-sustainable in your home in practical ways, I think is going to lend itself to where does civil disobedience factor in here or does it factor in? And I think that it's an interesting conversation to have because I think people have differing opinions. I don't think everybody will think that civil disobedience is correct or the right way, but I hope that it does spark a little bit of conversation. Yes, I hope it I hope it opens up the conversation for people to have and the curiosity for people to have. One of the things that I wanted to make sure that I said, well, in this kind of intro podcast to the series is that the series isn't going to be every Wednesday. So our normal podcast episodes come out every Wednesday morning. These podcast episodes will come out on Mondays, Monday mornings, in addition to our regular Wednesday podcast episodes. So we have tons of episodes planned throughout this fall and winter for fiber arts and baking and focusing on motherhood and um, homemaking and prepping and all of these just we have a really great lineup of, of podcast episodes. Holidays. Yeah. Oh, and so much coming for like holidays and gift giving just we have, I'm really excited about the episodes we have coming up on Wednesdays. But when Brenna and I, like we said in the beginning, when we talked about wanting to do a podcast episode on self-sufficiency and self-sustainability, the topic and the was just way too broad for us to do in one podcast episode. So that's why we were like, oh, this idea of doing a series was birthed. So we'll be doing it in addition to our regular Wednesday episodes. And these ones will be coming out on Mondays sporadically throughout the fall. Awesome.
I um, are we going to be opening up the connection place at all for conversation around this? Because I am kind of curious if people have strong opinions one way or another. Yeah. So if you go to the homesteadconnection.com and click on the connection place tab, there's probably a dozen different forum categories that are itemized out there. And a couple of the categories are always open for continual conversation and discussion. And the one that we'll have open is just general discussion where we can have just a general discussion about a lot of these topics because we're going to be bouncing around from topic to topic as the weeks progress. And so I'll just leave that general discussion forum category open and it's free. So you don't have to pay anything to be commenting over there on the general discussion and a couple of the other categories. You do have to make an account though. It's a way for us to like keep creepy people away and make sure you're not a bot and all of those things. So you have to like register with your email, but there's no spam emails. And so that's open and that's over there. It's actually always open there. So yeah, there will definitely, hopefully there will definitely be conversation over there under that general discussion category. Yeah. I, I'm excited for that. Cause I would love for people to give a different type of opinion or perspective on any of these things, you know, um, um, when we get to it, the water storage process or water purification process, or there's going to be so many different topics um, across the series. And we're going to dive, I think, pretty deep into each one of them. So I would mm -hmm. just, I would love to hear other people's perspective. Right. And um, learn from one another. I think you and I have very specific perspectives and we each have strengths and weaknesses, but I like the perspectives that we bring you coming from a suburban urban setting and then us coming from like a country acreage setting. We look at things differently. The necessity of things is a little bit different and you and I can learn from one another, but I feel like if we open the discussion up over in the connection place, we'll be able to learn a lot from one another, even just based on the types of settings that we all live in. Yep. Yeah. Um, apartment living, condominium living. There are all, even no matter how much space you have or don't have, there's so many different ways that you can, you know, live a more self-sustaining lifestyle if that's what's of interest to you. But that's my hope. And if you're listening to this in real time, so this podcast episode is going up on the 27th of September. Yeah, the 27th. Um, <laughs> over on Instagram, I'm going to have a poll up on our stories on Instagram to for you guys to vote. Like, let us know what podcast episode you want to hear first. Do you want us to talk about layers of food sufficiency? Do you want to talk about water, communication, um, first aid kits? Let us know over there what you guys want to hear first. Or maybe in what order you want to hear things because that's exciting for us. I like to talk about the things. I'm excited about all of it, basically. And I'm excited to talk about what our listeners want to hear the most. So head on over to Instagram. It's just the Homestead Connection at the Homestead Connection on Instagram and vote in our stories. So I didn't even think about medications and first aid kits. That's a whole, yeah, see, now I'm excited about that one too. I am. I'm going to be excited about every that's single one of them. for me, because I'm a nurse <laughs> practitioner, that's one of those things that's in the very forefront of my mind. What type of medications do I want to have on hand? What type of first aid supplies do I need? What types of remedies do I want? Homeopathy things. Like there's a whole range of things that is so useful. And I think about a lot of that stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to go ahead and inventory mine. 
I am so excited for this. <laughs> cool. Well, I know Brenna and I are really looking forward to the series. We're really looking forward to recording these episodes, adding this layer of deeper dive discussions to the podcast this fall. I really hope that you guys look forward to it as well. Go over to our Instagram at thehomesteadconnection.com. If you haven't been to our website in a while, go to www.thehomesteadconnection.com. Connect with us over there and we will see you guys around. Bye.